But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Back here on 88.3 WXUTs. After further review, Frank. What? Mike Valenti, your father figure. Not so much. What happened to Mike Valenti? You don't really bring him up as much anymore. I've kind of noticed. Yeah, you don't listen to the show, do you? Well, I still listen whenever I get a chance to. Problem is, it's on when I'm working. It is. Yeah, well, you can't you can't put earbuds in at work. Nope. Really? Amazon's got rules against oh. that. Oh, most jobs usually you can just you know you go to your little station, you put in your earbuds, and you just go to work. Uh, nope, uh, we got rules against that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It must be a safety violation or something. You would be correct. Okay. Yes. Or some jobs you can only put one earbud in there. Yeah, because ear. I'm, wor- I'm working on the inbound dock and mm-hmm. got to be paying attention, especially especially if I'm uh, on the, uh, I think it's the far far east end, unloading the truck, and then all of a sudden, nope, we got uh, stuff that's already palletized, and we got to let a pit truck come in. Pull it off, which is basically a fancy term for a forklift. A pick truck. Pit. P-I-T. P-I-T. And it's really pa- a forklift. Powered industrial truck or something like that. Basically a forklift. It is. Okay. Yeah, so is it. And I noticed that I've noticed on this show, I, I've noticed you've not talked about Valenny, because usually you bring up Valenny. I mean, I brought his co-host up, Rico Beard. Oh, because it used to be um, Valenny and Foster. Yeah, and Terry retired, Tired. Michael Solo. So Rico, Rico Beard is mm-hmm. now the co-host, and Rico, I've I've referenced uh, the Five Star Zone, which is a podcast Rico does. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, listened to Anthony Molino's show? He's on now in Michigan, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Except he's not on any station that comes in good really? <laughs> around me. <laughs> well, he's on. Uh, I mean, you can always get the the iHeart Radio app or something and listen to him on twelve thirty. Well, I mean, I wish they. Apparently there's a new there's a new sports station, but it's basically all syndicated content. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the ninety three five out of Detroit, which there isn't isn't Bellino on ninety three five or no? Yeah, okay. it's yeah they're show, they're playing his show. They're playing stuff from the Woodward Sports Network, mm-hmm. which was basically like an online format that. Um, uh, trying to think who's all out there. Darren McCarty okay. is part of. Really, uh, he's still doing radio. Uh, yeah, I thought he was pawning off stuff still. No, he's a uh, he's providing some content there. Braylon Edwards is. Yeah, I see. Well. Braylon Edwards is trying to build his his social media and uh, branding up a little bit. Um, but yeah, Frank, I was just kind of wondering. I mean, because that is a, that commercial that we I just put out there a couple months ago. It is a very popular commercial. So we were just wondering who your father figure was, and I guess Valenti has fallen off. So not for not nothing nothing bad. Just the fact that I don't have as much time to listen anymore. So who's the new guy? <laughs> Sometimes you got to be your own guy. Okay, because I know you're on um, Michigan uh, Sports Truth as well with, uh, what's his name, Taylor Phillips? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it is sometimes. I will be your father, baby. I have-
Everybody. Needs and a of course, music. we don't own the rights to this music. No, well, actually, it's the instrumental. No, it's not. I hear singing. And, well, it's only seen within 15 seconds. You can do that. So, okay. By well, the way, I just, I'm just trying to make sure we, uh, we cover ourselves. We have a father figure in football, and that is David, the man of God, Harris, and he has his week zero. Well, he is a he is a preacher. Yeah, he is. He's a yeah. He, that is true. He is a preacher, teacher, and uh, David. Welcome back on the show. As we we actually uh, pod you up here, and um, David, uh, like I said, go ahead with your week zero winners and losers. All right, so we'll start. We'll get started with the winners, real quick. Since it's week zero, the obviously the biggest winner is. Hold on, hold on, David. Father figure music of CBS Sports Network. Uh, the SEC on CBS says you will you overlook Bryant Denny Stadium on the third Saturday of October. Well, actually, we're in the, the first Saturday of September. I, I know, I know. I, I don't know like, who is the SEC matchup of the week this week, or is give me a, one se- give me one second because we're in week zero. But David, go ahead. All right. So first winner is college football fans just in general because college football is back. You've been waiting for it for a couple months. For those that are plugged in, those that are actual um, current students, they've been excited, putting the face paint on, ready to see their schools go out there and try not to get their, you know, butts kicked. And now that college football in the swing of things, now we're, honestly, now our minds are, for conference championship week and who's going to get into the bowl games because for a lot of schools that is the goal to make it to keep playing in December and a lot of schools started off on the right foot and one of them from week zero was UCLA and they are my second winner when obviously when you think of UCLA football wise they really have been I don't want to say middle of the pack but yeah, middle, middle, low tier of the pack in terms of the Pac-12. UCLA really had fallen up map, and now we're really starting to see, okay, can this non-conference win at home against Hawaii really be a catalyst? Knowing that the Pac-12 is always really a lot more wide open towards the start of the season um, than most other conferences. Now, obviously, the likes of can they beat their in-city rivals, USC, that's always going to be a tough game. Where do they match up against the likes of a Utah that's ranked? Oregon's always tough. Like, there are going to be some tough matchups, but I think UCLA can have a solid season. Do I think they're going to make a bowl game? Yeah, probably, but, I mean, if you can get six wins. So, but then also thinking about... Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet scoring three touchdowns in his UCLA de- debut, transfer from Michigan, so a lot of, a lot of eyes are going to be on him. Uh, but yeah, I think UCLA, if they can be consistent, like like with most other schools, I don't see why they can't be going bowling this year. UCLA? UCLA. Well, I mean, come on. Joe Klatt said Hawaii was a JV team. So you're going to go off of that one? Well, I mean, Hawaii, one, Hawaii's always tough. Two, you're thinking about 
UCLA not being a non-conference team in eight games, so there's a lot of pressure on that. You're also thinking about the Chip Kelly factor, where he's always seen as, okay, can he get back to those highs that he had before he did his NFL you know, merry-go-round? So, so there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure on UCLA, and so I think, I think that again, if you can beat your crosstown rivals and you can be competitive and steal a game against a Utah that's ranked or Oregon. I don't see why looking at the rest of UCLA's conference schedule, they can't they can't be a ball team. Now again, obviously like you said, Hawaii's not the best non conference, but they shot themselves a lot in their foot. I mean, two bad errors with you know on special teams, not really doing a lot on all of those facets of the game that we always talk about. Really struggled with some of the... Hawaii struggled defensively with UCLA's rushing attack, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Now, do I think that they're going to win today as we're airing on Saturday? Absolutely not. Because LSU is going to come in there, ticked off, and probably beat the brakes off them. But LSU is a quality, you know, top tier SEC team. Well, how about well? The thing is, too, David. How many times has LSU been to Pasadena? Yeah, quite a bit. Zero. LSU has never been to Pasadena before. Yeah, I don't remember LSU ever being to Pasadena. They have been to California once. But they have never been. They have never played in the Rose Bowl. Wow, that's a good stat. There. I thought they went at least one or one well, or two well, Rose Bowls. Wait a minute, David. How are you just going to assume that? I mean, David, you got to look that. <laughs> you just like you just assume that LSU went to Pasadena. When yeah. would they ever go to Pasadena well, in the past? Well, I mean, given all the college football playoffs and the rotation, you would think that LSU played a college football playoff game in the Rose Bowl. That was my assumption. Nope. The only time they've been to the college football playoff was the year they won it. Their semifinal game was in Atlanta. Right. And the championship game was in New Orleans. Right. And not to mention the college football playoff has only been around since 2014. So before yeah. that would have been the BCS. And that and the SEC teams weren't going to the Rose Bowl back then. So, I mean, you got to make it make sense here. Yeah. And I can understand if LSU went to the Rose Bowl back in 1927 or something like that. Okay, then that's fine. But... Other than that, I would say in in they, modern history, I don't. Yeah, they yeah. play. They have played one game in the state of California uh, before today. What I mean, DeVry Institute? No, I I'd have to look it up. Okay, up and see who they ended up playing. But uh, the the Tigers are going to Pasadena, and it's not. And as Ed Orgeron said, "Where Paul's dreams are not." No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep going, David. And uh. Our, our last winner from Week Zero, Illinois. I mean, we talked a little bit last segment about how I'm not a fan of in-conference games to really start off the season. What was wrong with it? But, I thought it was really good. I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'd rather see competitive. Well, I don't think the Nebraska Illinois. I thought Nebraska looked like straight, straight slop, and Scott Frost is like Jim Harbaugh. He's basically on the hot seat. He's Michigan of the West. I think that that ugh, ugh, ugh. 
But I think I'd rather see that than some of these destroyed games where people are getting beat like 41 to 2 or 41 to 3. So I don't mind it. Well, kind of speaking of that Nebraska-Illinois game, I think the Saint, the officiating crew from that game is actually doing Michigan and Western right now because John O'Neill was the white hat. Okay. And I believe that two of the uh, clinicians who I had at the Kalamazoo Officials Association Clinic were working that game, and I don't know if they're working this one today. Uh, Brad Hudak, an umpire, and uh, Rudy Studd, who's a line of scrimmage wing. Okay. Frank will be doing college football pretty soon. You know, he's a future celebrity here. Go ahead, David. Yeah, but Illinois really, and like it's been said and kind of talked about all week, Illinois really looked like they were the better team hands down. Nebraska came out sloppy. They just they just looked like a bad team. And if you look at, oh, and I mean, we'll get to Nebraska and lose this segment because I have some words, choice words for Scott Frost. But if you look at these two teams, it, it seemed as though Illinois was, the team with a lot of expectations, a lot of the kind of coming in, wanting to make a statement rather than the Nebraska team that if we look at had all the expectations, had all the pressure with the head coach, with the, you know, the offseason craziness. and But yeah, Illinois really punched Nebraska in the face and Nebraska just spent the entire game trying to recover. And people look at the final score, only, only lost by eight points. But really, that, that score is not indicative of how much better Illinois was. And I guess we'll just jump over into the losers since we're in this game. I don't think Scott Frost makes it to Halloween against Purdue. Really? It, I, I think he's gone before then, and the reason I say that is because September 25th at Michigan State. October 2nd, home against Northwestern. October 9th, home against Michigan. I think they lose those three. So you're coming into going to Minnesota October 16th, possibly 0-4 in conference. Maybe you beat Fordham today. Speaking of that, David, Nebraska is up 17-7 to on Fordham in the second quarter. Yeah, so, so you get kind of Fordham, which is one of those kind of tune-up games, which why I think you should play them before you play non-conference. Honestly, I don't know if they beat Buffalo next week at home. Buffalo as, then, as in the Bulls? Yeah. As in the Bulls. Yeah, they did put a 60-something piece on the team. Um, but you really think Nebraska at home will lose the Buffalo Bulls? I, looking at that Nebraska team, I just don't know defensively how how they'll be able to stop anyone. And then the weekend. Well, then the if, they lose, you- if they lose the Buffalo, David, he's fired. <laughs> I mean, let, 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 let's be honest, David. If they lose to Buffalo, let's say – this Fordham game is close, and they lose to Buffalo at home. Scott Frost will be bye bye. I mean, I, 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 you know, I know they're in the MAC. I like, I want to root for MAC schools, but Buffalo's not normally a MAC power, even though they had Khalil Mack come from there. Uh, and their basketball teams are pretty decent, and, and and Buffalo's been decent in football a little bit. But you, you can't, you can't be a Big Ten school like Nebraska with the rich history that they've had. Before being coming to the Big Ten, you lose the Buffalo. I, I I think Scott Frost 
might, when he leaves the stadium, if they lose to Buffalo, he might as well pack his stuff when he walks out after the press conference. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I was, I was thinking, because the week after that, they go to Oklahoma, which everyone understands is going to be a lot. <laughs> so, really, you could end September with a one in three record. I mean, two and two would be ideal if they do beat Buffalo. I think a lot of people just assume that they're going to lose to Oklahoma. But I still think that with three straight, you know, kind of back 10 losses in conference, knowing that you started with zero off against Illinois with a loss, they could even lose to Minnesota. I just think. Yeah, they will lose to Minnesota. I, I think if I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Let's, let's say they, let's say for crap and giggles, they actually end up beating Fordham, beating Buffalo. They're two and one. You're going to assume that they lose to Oklahoma, which then puts them at two and two. Then they lose to yeah. Michigan State, two and three. North North or um, Northwestern, uh, two and four. Michigan. That's I think that's going to be the game right there. If they're if they're right there at two and four, and they're playing Michigan, and they lose, and they go to two and five, I think that's where he might get fired. I mean, that's just the battle of the hot seats. What do you guys say? Ten and the, the ninth of October, the battle of the hot seat. Uh, when he plays Michigan, yes. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely buy that. And then it, they'll lose the if he's still there. Minnesota will beat them. That's what two and six. Purdue, yep. possibly two and seven. You're definitely losing to Wisconsin and all OSU, which OSU would be eleven six. Wisconsin, eleven twenty. You'd be two and nine, and you'll definitely lose and then Iowa. Finish against Iowa. So he could go two and ten. Oof. Yeah, the, the schedule the schedule doesn't look anything promising. I mean, I, I, Scott, this is Scott Frost's last season. I'm looking at this schedule. I don't see any the way they looked against Illinois. Oh my gosh! I mean, the quarterback play is not great. I mean, he can scramble, but his arm he can't make plays with his arm. So that's kind of you can make Nebraska kind of one dimensional there. And their defense is suspect. Special teams didn't look all that awesome either. Yeah. But I think, you know, if this Fordham game is close and they lose the Buffalo, you know, save it for them. If you play Oklahoma, just 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 sacrifice him for the Oklahoma game. I mean, it's going to look it's going to look ugly. You know, go in there and put in an interim coach. I just, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they lose the Buffalo, it's done for Scott Frost because there's not after, after that, you like you're going for a one-win season. And that's if you yeah. beat Fordham. Yeah, and honestly, looking knowing that they have an off "quote unquote" bye week on the twenty third, I can see that they, you know, no matter what, before yeah, before that bye week, he's going to be gone. He's going to pack his bags. And then also knowing that just a couple of weeks ago, the NCAA launched an investigation into the football program amid allegations under Scott Frost's kind of management and analysts and consultants, and then some of the off-campus workouts last season. Yeah. So he's already, you know, coming into by coming into this week twelve and twenty one at Nebraska. Team under investigation. Former players calling you out saying, "Hey, we fired Bo Pelini after a win, and we're letting this guy just derail this <laughs> historic program." Well, but you like, got you well, got to keep in mind themselves. Well, ahead. you got to keep in mind that. Uh, <laughs> Nine and three has gotten coaches fired at Nebraska. Signed Frank Solich. 
But but you got to admit, yeah. though, that let's be honest, though, also, David, that uh, Nebraska derailed itself. They never should have joined the Big Ten. They should have stayed in the Big 12. They never. They, they, there, there's, there's no connection there with any of the Big Ten teams. You can't get any of the Texas kids that you normally used to get in Nebraska to play football. Because let's face it, Texas and Oklahoma, got, they, got, they got some football players there. You're, you're not getting those kids anymore because the kids are going to say, oh, who's going to see me play? Well, we play on the Big Ten Network. Well, no, you're not really because, for one— How is it Ohio State? Right. It's going to be the all-Ohio State. The more eastern part of the division gets all the love. You're the western part, and you're kind of like the redheaded stepchild. You're not an original. You're not a blue blood, so to speak, in the Big Ten. So the kids don't really get— Get to be watched, so you can't do that. Now, if you were in the Big 12, you'd probably be on the Big 12 network or whatever they have, or you could have did your own thing and been prominent. I, I've always said this, that I think that the, the, the worst move that Nebraska could have ever done was go to the Big 10, because you're, you're just treated as that team that's out there. You, you never had any alliances against Iowa, or even in the, the states that are close to you, or, or Wisconsin. You never really battled those teams because you were an original member with the Big 8 and all those guys. And it was basically Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas. Those three states were going up against each other year in and year out. Boomer soon, boomer soon, sooner. And then you got the Longhorns. I mean, that's well, actually, what it was. I think Texas would have been. I don't think Texas was a part of the big. big yeah, they were the SWAC, weren't they? Yeah, they were in, they were in the uh, dirty South, old SWAC. Yeah, the Southwest Athletic Conference. But still, though, you still battled those teams. But you were also getting football players from Texas. But then years later, though, they joined. So it, it, you're just there. It's just it, it's weird. And um, actually, U, uh, University of Toledo, they have a basketball player that played for Nebraska when they were in the Big 12. And it's it's strange to her that to see them in the Big 10. I just think that that was just not a Somebody very... Somebody that's on staff, you mean? Yeah, yes. Yes, okay. Daniel Page. Yeah. It, oh, okay. it, 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 it's, just, it's just... It didn't work out for them. It didn't really help their brand, and it kind of has them limited. And you can tell on the talent on the field. I mean, Nebraska was really good in the 90s. You don't have Tommy Frazier walking through that door. Exactly. Keep going, David. Yeah. Then just kind of real quick, kind of on that last point that you just mentioned, September 18th, do you know that they're going to put all the historical film out about, oh, the rivalry between Oklahoma and Nebraska? Like, it's going to feel like Yawn. it's a yesteryear time. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it doesn't have that luster. And it is even weird on the Big Ten Network when they try to do Nebraska classics and they were part of the Big 12. There is no really Big Ten classic with Nebraska the- in it. Or the uh, Big Ten Legends, the 97 Nebraska team. No, which they shared the title with Michigan. <laughs> but, but they were part of the Big 12 at the time. So if you're old enough to remember that, you don't You don't really. Same yeah. thing with Maryland or Rutgers. You, you can't sit there and say this is a Big Ten classic when they weren't even in the conference. Exactly. I mean, the only th- other thing you remember from that 97 Nebraska team was... Uh, their game against Missouri with the five, the fl- no, the flea kicker, the flea kicker, right? Yeah, the 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 fifth, the fifth down that was Colorado, Colorado. That's right, you're right. Yeah, so I mean, that was more where they were at. They were more with the Colorados and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, they play. They always had their rivalry with Colorado. They played on Thanksgiving weekend, and really, the the most memorable moments I have from that were. 
2001, Nebraska comes in undefeated. Yeah. Eric, that was the year Eric Crouch won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And then they go and get absolutely destroyed by Colorado. Yep. Colorado puts up a 60-burger on them. And then they got destroyed in the in the championship Yeah, game. well, what I don't... what, But the, the thing by that Miami. always got me was Nebraska got knocked out of the Big 12 championship by Colorado. So Colorado goes, plays Texas, beats Texas. They win the Big 12. But, of course, because the BCS was still BS back then, it somehow inexplicably spit out Miami and Nebraska. And I think it was just for nostalgic reasons. I digress. Yeah, that's true. It was nostalgic reasons. And Miami still opened up a can. Yeah. But then again, who didn't they open up a can on that year? To be honest with you, and I know that the, the conference is fledgling and they've got four new members. Do you think Nebraska maybe should go back to the Big 12 and then let someone else that's maybe in more of the Big 10 footprint take their spot, David? Uh, I think that would be the best move. One, to kind of regather yourself as an institution, knowing that the Big 12 is pretty much basically going to be relatively non-existent once Texas and Oklahoma jump to the SEC. So now you're replacing two historical Big 12, Big 8 teams, now kind of bringing back that. And you can actually have a competitive balance, knowing that you can restore some of those historical rivalries. You took your lumps trying to make the jump to the, the quote-unquote bigger boy table at the Big 10. You show that you really aren't ready for that kind of football yet. So come back, you know, say, hey, we're, we're sorry, we apologize. Understand that you're going to be leaving a crap ton of money on the table by leaving the Big Ten, but they're already talking about having an alliance with uh, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the No, it's the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. Sure. Pac-12, ACC, sorry. Yeah, and and you mentioned who the Big 12 is looking to add. Apparently they're expecting to get applications from BYU, Houston... UCF and, ah, damn, who's the other one? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, thank you, Derek. The original Big 8 conference was Nebraska, Iowa State, Colorado, Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. That was the original Big 8 conference. So there was no Texas in there, which you were right, they were in the SWAC. Yes. the uh, I believe the- they were in the SWAC with Arkansas. Yes, and Texas A&M, and Baylor, and right. Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and SMU. I mean, that the there. I mean, that's one thirty for thirty that I think needs to be done is on the old swack because there was like a there was a lot of shady stuff that went on, and I'm not just talking with the Pony Express. There was there was stuff that went on a lot of other places too, and it, the. The way it ended was uh, not the most pleasant. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. That'd be something interesting to watch. Keep going. Uh, the, the second loser, all those teams that took major lumpings during week zero, and at least in the college realm. So think about a school like Southern Utah, <laughs> lost to San Jose State, New Mexico State. Like these are the teams that kind of. Coming back full circle, like you're just supposed to be playing as a D one, just to kind of fine tune kind of your players, get them acclimated, 
get them used to kind of the game speed for the first time. Maybe incorporate some freshmen that you're trying to play. Like, these are the kind of games that once you'd expect. I mean, obviously, you're giving them a huge paycheck to come and get your butt kicked, or in the likes of San Jose State, like a decent, like a decent-sized paycheck. Like, you're not giving them a couple million dollars to come to San Jose. Or, I mean, UTEP went on the road to New Mexico State. Like, UTEP is not bringing a lot of money. To- well, to, to be fair to New Mexico State, they had not practiced in almost a year. Whose fault is that? Well, that's their own fault that they chose not. They chose not to because of COVID. But and they decide to open up with uh, UTEP. Although I would like to know, I didn't see that game because Dave Warner, the offensive coordinator who I absolutely despised at Michigan State. I wonder how many short side jet sweeps he called. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, yeah, if, the, if yeah, you so. if you give up short side jet sweeps for big gains or touchdowns, you should cease to exist. Okay, keep going, David. All right, and our final loser, obviously the big the big story for those of us that are you know in Ohio, Bishop Sycamore, just the hilarity, the craziness, understanding, and I'm going to go reckless speculation here. You know, you have a bunch of JUCO dropouts losing to IMD, which yes is a national powerhouse, but probably you know, probably enhanced by a little something because you know IMG. But that's just reckless speculation. But yeah, just the whole Bishop Sycamore scandal, the lying, the deception, knowing that OSHA's like we have no idea who this school is. I didn't know I who mean, the school was. I actually watched the game. I was like, I never heard of Bishop Sycamore. Ooh, I never heard of this school before. But then again, schools pop up here and there. So, but yeah, that that, that game was a debacle. And it was unsafe, knowing that literally less than three days ago, they were playing against Stowe Rocks, a Whippeal school that I'm familiar with. They were playing Akron, yeah, Akron Archbishop Holbin. Holbin. Yeah, they were playing at Akron Archbishop Holbin. And they got yeah, so. destroyed by them. Yeah, they played them on a yeah. Friday night, and then they ended up playing IMG on Sunday. Yeah, and like, honestly, the biggest thing is safety because you have these you know, 19, 20, 21-year-olds that are playing three game, like, like physical games in such a short span. Two, you have reports of them sharing helmets. Like that there were there was video I did see video of a kid sharing a helmet. There is video like, of that. Like, like it's dangerous. It's reckless. I mean, the coach had an active warrant out. That that's a whole another level. There's just so many levels of insanity to this story that, like, no one even knows where to start. The fact that it's an online charter school. The fact that reports coming out of former players saying, "Hey, we." You know, we lived in Delaware and then had our practice facilities both down at Easton at an athletic complex. That's Delaware, Ohio. Then they rented out yeah, a room. Delaware State. Yeah, Delaware, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. The, the facilities were, yeah, it, it, it was just, it was a situation. Or that, the, or that their coach was a felon with a warrant out for his arrest. 
well, bouncing checks. And then when they went to Canton, it's, it's been further discussed that they didn't pay for the hotels when they went up to Canton this past weekend. The, the checks bounced. Uh, it's, But he, my, my biggest issue with it is how does ESPN get duped so badly? You would think that if they're doing, they're broadcasting this game, they're Gonna at least go out and do some research on these players. Uh, they'll say, "Oh, well, this guy is really good." You wait, think wait, they're wait, gonna wait, look wait, him up hold first? Up. Hold on. What we'll do is we'll take a, a quick commercial break because I know this is gonna go into it. And he's he's already did his winners and losers. The Bishop Sycamore is a little bit of a different subject here, so we'll take yeah. a quick commercial break. Get into the Bishop Sycamore for ten minutes. Get your say your piece. In ten minutes, and then we'll get to the AFC NFC West preview. But yeah, that this, this it's a lot of layers to this, and you can't just put it put it in this segment because it go on and on and on and on. So what we do is take a quick commercial break. David's winners and losers. Thanks, David, so much. And then we'll touch a little bit on this this Bishop Sycamore thing because, like I said, it, it, it was very bizarre. Like I said, I watched the game and I was like, well, "Where is Bishop Sycamore? I ain't even never heard of this school." But you, you know, I've never also heard Gabriel Richard of the Star Trek Voyager the Fourth either. So I mean, it's like <laughs> okay that 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 was what you made up. You're talking. You're probably referring to <laughs> Gabriel. Richard. I know. To, yeah, there's a I, Riverview Gabriel Richard. I know. I and know. a Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard. Or, Gabriel Richard was an actual priest, right? Or yeah, that's true. There's no Bishop Sycamore <laughs> or and, or Bishop Soccer and uh. One thing that I pointed out, apparently, uh, Nolan Moore, who is a sophomore at Monroe St. Mary's Catholic, I said this on Facebook, I said, is there any coincidence that that you can't spell Bishop Sycamore without BS? And uh, then uh, his mom, Molly, commented, said, yeah, Nolan said the same thing, too. Yeah, it's very a sad situation, which actually I'm not surprised because I'm from the basketball world. We see it all the time, but we'll take a quick commercial break and. Get David and Frank's thoughts on that. You listen to 88.3 WTs. After further review, we'll be back after this.